Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Don't we serve a wonderful Savior? Amen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. And let's begin with the very first verse. It says, Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and to kill Him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. Verse 3, While He was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard, and she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Now some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you. And you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. And I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And then Judas, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Spend our time this morning talking about Mary's worship, a study in love. Mary's worship, a study in love. Our story is about Mary anointing Jesus at Bethany. And we find in this story lessons about loving and worshiping our Lord. In our text, it's the last week of Jesus' life. Mary comes and worships Him in such a way that it arouses um, condemnation from some, but more importantly, commendation from the one that really matters. Can you say amen? Amen. See, Jesus, though some rebuked her and criticized her and judged her harshly, Jesus applauded her. Jesus defended her. And then Jesus proclaimed, this is a beautiful act, a memorial that will never be, never be forgotten. Making Mary a wonderful example for you and I. A wonderful example to learn from and be inspired by. In fact, when we combine the gospel stories of this incident, we learn that she anointed both his head and his feet. And then she wiped his feet with her hair. You know, the Bible says a woman's hair is her glory. She surrendered her glory to the Lord and worshipped Him with the costly and precious gift that she brought. It was an act of love and devotion that brought fragrance to the whole house. And today we still enjoy its scent. And we are still blessed by her praise. Verse 8, Jesus said she did what she could. Man, I could run with that, but that's not our topic this morning. She did what she could. Amen? Before you bellyache about what someone's not doing, do what you can. Get busy serving God right where you are. Come on, say amen. Let me get back to the text, but that's another one for another day. Amen? The story gives us both instruction and inspiration. Instruction on how to improve our worship. We see within this things that the Lord applauds and approves of. 
But also it inspires us not to hold back, but to give God our very best in every area of our lives. Let's learn from Mary's example. Five, five thoughts we'll try to glean this morning. Number one, I want you to notice this was an act of boldness. Now, boldness simply means fearlessness in the face of danger. A daring spirit. It was a courageous act, this act of worship. You see, circumstances are not always convenient. And others aren't always supportive. But Jesus is always worthy. Can you say amen? So don't let anything steal your song or rob Him of His praise. I mean, verses 1 and 2 tell us that Jesus was a wanted man. Jesus was a marked man at this time. They were looking for a reason to arrest Him. They were looking for a reason to arrest Him and people near Him. And some people hold back from bold worship and bold witnessing, just all out living for Jesus in general, because they're afraid of what others would think and what others would say. But not Mary. She's unafraid and unashamed to give God her very best. And we should be likewise. She initiated a bold act of worship. She openly identified herself with Jesus and with the danger that surrounded Him. Let me ask you this morning, have you identified yourself with the Lord Jesus? Have you made a public stand a confession of Christ? You have to if you want to go to heaven. You must if you want to see God face to face one day and have eternal life. You have to. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. So we ask, have you identified yourself with Christ? Have you made a public confession? Have you taken a public stand for Jesus? Don't be afraid or timid in this present hour to worship and serve the Lord with a wholehearted spirit. Not only in the congregation, but out on the job and out in the home to serve Him and to love Him and to give Him your very best. Don't allow what other people think or say to compromise your convictions or hinder your devotion and your worship. Don't let this fallen world control your devotion to Christ. Don't allow the acceptance of man to come before the approval of God. Put the approval of God first. The Bible says in the Psalms, with all that is within me, we're going to bless His holy name. And then Jesus said that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our strength and all of our heart and all of our might. And I love Psalms 111 and verse 1, how it talks about praising God. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. With my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright. In the congregation with all my heart. I'll give God my best because He gave me His best. Can you say amen? Amen. Let others think what they want. Do and say what they must. But as for you and I that love the Lord this morning, let's stand tall and let's speak up and let's bless the One who died for us. Let's bless the One wholeheartedly who's done so much for us, who's come through for us again and again, who's worthy and He's wonderful and He's deserving of our very best. We see here, number one, Mary's worship was a bold expression of her love and her adoration. And she worshipped her Lord, for He was worthy of it. Again, verses 1 and 2, I want you to notice this. Jesus was a wanted man. She was in a hostile environment. It was not socially acceptable to do what she did. But she wasn't ashamed and she wouldn't hold back. You know, love is like that. It doesn't hold back. 
If you want a real quick key to your Christian experience, you don't have to go to Bible school. You, you don't have to go to the crazy televangelist. You need to fall in love with Jesus and just get on fire for Him. The more you love Him, the easier it will be to come to His house. The easier it is to praise His holy name. The easier it is to witness on the job and to live holy when everyone around you is not living holy. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be coerced. But if you will just fall in love with the person, Jesus Christ, the living King of kings and Lord of lords, you'll never be the same. No one will have to prompt you. No one will have to pride you. You just walk in it. It will flow like a river from your heart. Oh, God, help us to fall in love with your Son more and more. Hallelujah. Oh, bless His name. The environment was hostile. And your environment at times might be heavy, hurting, hostile. The atmosphere on the job, the atmosphere in your home or at that school, it won't always be encouraging. But listen, He's always worthy. He's always worthy of it. And your praise to Him is always proper. Your praise is never wasted. In fact, it's praise that begins to change that atmosphere. It's praise that begins to release that anointing. It's praise that begins to break chains and lift heaviness. It's praise that begins to cause faith to erupt as God draws near and His arm of deliverance and mercy is extended. Oh, don't ever be ashamed to praise Him for He's worthy of it and your praise is always proper and the more you praise Him, the more of the splashing of His presence you'll have in your life. Mary's worship was a moving display of love. Let's likewise give our best expression and effort for the One who died for us and been so good to us. Number one, this was an act of boldness. She was unafraid, unintimidated. She didn't have to take a poll to see what her friends thought. She was prompted by love for her Savior and gave Jesus her very, very best. Lord, help us to do likewise. Number two, this was not only an act of boldness, it was an act of blessing. Don't miss this. If you miss this, you miss everything. This, this is it. Hear the words of Jesus in verse 6. Jesus says, She has done a beautiful thing to me. The heart of God was pleased. You see, if God's not pleased, then it's just noise. It might be religious noise, but it's just noise. It might have a wonderful harmony, but it's just noise. If he's not pleased, because remember, ultimately it's not about you and I, it's about him. Come on. We're very secondary when I hear some people, their worship experience. Your worship experience don't matter compared to God's experience of what you're praising. You see what I'm getting at? You can't worship worship. You worship the living God. You worship the Redeemer. And if he's not pleased by none of that, we're secondary. Primary, oh, that his heart is blessed. That he is glad. Amen. Come on. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Mary's worship that pleased and blessed the heart of God, pleased her Savior. It was offered willingly and lovingly, sacrificially, sincerely. It was from the heart. It was not demanded and it was not coerced. It was not required. She just had a heart full of love for Jesus that she wanted to express. Worship should be encouraged, but not coerced. Instructed, but not arm-twisted. Exhorted, but not pressured. 
All the inspiration we need is Jesus, Jesus, wonderful Jesus, who He is and what He's done and what He shall do. And the best is still yet to come. Oh, blessed be His holy name. We love it. What a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see. And and don't need to have a prompt and we don't have to if we'll just think about the goodness of God. How good He's been to us. Where He found us and how far He's brought us. How He lifted us up. How He's kept us in the midst of the storm. How He's been there when others have walked out. He abided. When we just think of His mercy that endureth forever, that should cause us to love Him. That should prompt us to praise Him and honor Him and express our devotion to Him. It was an act of blessing. It was an act of blessing. And when we come into God's house, we should be ready to rejoice. We should be ready to offer the sacrifice of our praise, the fruit of our lips, to enter those gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise, to, to clap our hands unto God and shout with the voice of triumph, the shout that He is risen, shout that He is reigning, shouting that He is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the risen Son of God. Worthy is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This was an act of blessing, not primarily because it blessed Mary, but because it blessed Jesus. The heart of God was moved, and the fragrance was well-pleasing to the Savior. Psalm 50 and verse 23 speaks of the heart of God being glad when we offer Him praise. Psalm 50 and verse 23, whoever offers praise glorifies me. God says, when you offer praise, sincere praise, Bible-instructed praise, when you offer praise, you glory. God says, you bless me. God says, you move me. God says, it's something that blesses and glorifies. And I, He says, I love it. I embrace it. I enjoy it. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. It's about glorifying Him and honoring Him and worshiping Him. And to Him who orders His conduct to right, I'll show the salvation of God. But God says, whoever offers praise, I want you to know your praise is not primarily to please the person next to you, but it's to please Him. And when it's a pure praise and it's a Bible pattern praise, the heart of God reveals to us that He's blessed by it, that He enjoys it, that He welcomes it, that He embraces it. This was an act of blessing. Her act of love and worship, it was public, spontaneity, um, sacrificial, spontaneous, lavish, personal, unembarrassed. And Jesus called it a beautiful thing and a good thing. And he both commended and defended her. May we be encouraged, like Mary, to worship and to walk with the Lord, uninhibited and unashamed desiring to make the heart of our God pleased with us. When I lay my head on the pillow at night, Father, have I pleased you this day? When I call it quits for the day, can I look up and say, Father, have I pleased your heart? Jesus, have I honored and pleased your name this day? Blessing the heart of God. Four things all begin with P very quickly. Think these thoughts. Number one, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. When it comes to praise and worship that blesses God, number one, think of pattern. The Bible pattern. The Bible pattern. God instructs us throughout the Word of praise and worship. 
of what He desires, what He requires, what pleases Him, what He um, accepts. And it does us well to study the whole theme of praise and worship. Not just take a little scripture we like, but to take the whole of the revealed Word of God so we can understand how to better please and honor and exalt the Lord. When it comes to blessing the Lord with our praise, let's follow the pattern. But secondly, let's make sure it comes from a pure heart. Pattern, then pure. Make sure it's a pure heart. For God sees the heart and God examines the sacrifice. And He's looking for that sincerity and that re and that humility that flows from a sincere sacrifice. Thirdly, it must not just be the pattern of the Bible coming from a pure heart. It must be personal. Praise and worship. It's like salvation. You can't share someone else's salvation. you got to have your own. In the same way, no one else can praise for you. It's something you offer as priests unto God. We offer the sacrifice of our praise. We are the ones that Um, We can't mail it in. We can't borrow it from someone else. And no one can do it for us. But our praise has to be something very personal. And lastly, it has to be something that's passionate. The word passionate meaning sincere. Heartfelt. Do you mean it? Do you mean it? Sometimes do you mean what you sang? Do you mean what you said? When God looks for praise and worship that blesses the heart of God, praise that glorifies God, It follows the Bible pattern. We just don't do our own thing. We have to follow what the Creator and the Redeemer has instructed. But it's got to come from a pure heart. Because praise and worship is only as good as the heart it flows from. Amen? It's more than just singing the right songs and making the right outward actions. It has to flow from a pure heart and a surrendered heart and a humbled heart. It has to be something that, that's passionate in the sense of it, it, it's, it's from the heart. It's really heartfelt. It's sincere. It's, Lord, I really do love You. And I really am honoring You and worshiping You in the beauty of holiness. Pattern, pure, personal, passionate. It was an act of boldness. It was an act of blessing. But her worship, her sacrifice that Jesus applauded, not everyone applauded. You know your life, if you go all out for Jesus, won't be applauded or accepted by others. Number three, this act incurred the buffeting of others. It's amazing. People can look at things one way, but God might be looking at them a totally different way. And this was a religious crowd. Verses 4, some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? I want you to pause. To use our, let's use our brains for a little bit here. They're calling it a waste. And they were the in crowd. They went to Sunday school all their life. They, 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 they called it a waste. But Jesus didn't call it waste, did he? Isn't it amazing how the Lord had one look at things and they had, and they rebuked her. And they thought it was just nonsense. You know, Mary was often misunderstood as she served the Lord. When you look at the other examples of Mary in Scripture, she was misunderstood by her sister. She was misunderstood at her brother's funeral that Jesus turned around and made it a celebration and resurrected Lazarus. But you study the other times that Mary's in the Gospels and she's misunderstood. Interesting. You know, when we give Jesus Christ first place in our lives, We can expect at times to be misunderstood and even criticized by a lost world and sometimes even by people that think they know better that are also believers. You see, the critics were unable to appreciate. Why don't you understand what the critics? 
they were unable to appreciate and understand what had happened. They called it a waste, yet Jesus called it a beautiful memorial and received it as worship. As we serve the Lord, as you serve God wholeheartedly, in this life and especially in your walk with God, don't let the critic, don't let the criticism of a lost world, don't let the critics of maybe a misunderstood or a a lukewarm um, church, don't let the critic discourage you or knock you off course. I read a line the other day about a critic. A critic is someone who points out how imperfectly other people do what the critic does not do at all. You ever see someone belly? Uh, uh, can I give you a brother Shambach? This wasn't in the notes. Man came up to him. I just felt to say this. Um, I, I worked with that man of God so many years, but I never forget. Man come up to him one time and said, "I don't go to church. There's hypocrites in the church." You know what he said to the man? He said, "Don't let the hypocrite send you to hell. He's going with you." That's right. That's true. That's right. He said, live right and teach a hypocrite how to live. Come on, say amen. amen. That's true. Yeah, amen. that critic, a lot of times yeah. they, they ain't doing nothing. Amen. Right. amen. Some of them don't even come to church, but they want to say how bad the church is. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to get your heart right with God and live the life. Paul said to Timothy, don't let people mock your youth, but be an example. Don't, don't bellyache about it. Don't complain about it. Just live the life and show them by the life you live. Come on, you can say amen to that. We have to get the reality, the, the, the weight of what Christ is saying. This was the disciples. They were the disciples. That, what a waste. But yet Jesus was saying, this, are you kidding? It's beautiful. It's a memorial. Sometimes we have to recognize Jesus' outlook or His perspective on things might be different. We need to understand that. You see, the critics fail to recognize what they couldn't appreciate was the object of her love or the motive of her love, the object of her act, or the motive of her act. The object, of course, was Jesus. They didn't recognize who He is, and He is worthy of our shout. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy that we take a bold stand in the places. He is the Son of God that died on a cruel, rugged cross, that took your sin and took my sin. Hey, if they're crazy, people can go to their sporting events and I enjoy sports. If they can act like nuts, how come we can be so timid and ashamed to speak up and tell others about Jesus and be bold in our witness and bold in our lifestyle? Live it and don't be ashamed of it. Come on, say amen. They didn't recognize the object. It was Jesus. Didn't recognize the motive. Because of what he had done and what he was doing. He's on his way to Calvary. This is God's only begotten son. He's going to the cross to be rejected and brutalized for you and for me. You see, Jesus was the object of her love. On his way to the cross. Friend, Jesus is so worthy. Nothing we can give him is too great. And no sacrifice for the Savior is too much. Too many people fail to see or appreciate what it's all about, but not Mary. That's why some people don't care. That's why some people have no response. They haven't recognized the object. And they certainly don't have the motive. Oh, friends. Jesus was the object of her love. And what He had done and what He was about to do was the motive behind this act. 
the motivation behind this beautiful act. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 when he is responding to Paul, why do you live like you live? Why are you so um, sold out and so determined? Why are you so enthusiastic? Why are you so uh, living the life you live? He says, because the love of Christ constrains me and compels me. He says, the love of God, His great love and what He has done, it grips my heart, it fuels my life, it inspires I live like I live because God has been so good to me. I sing like I sing because God has been so good to me. I share with others what I know and whom I have believed in because God has been so good to me. Hallelujah. And His name is Jesus. What's our motivation? Why are we here? Why? Because He saved us and He forgave us and He loved us. I deserve judgment, but He gave me mercy. We deserve justice, but He gave us grace. Oh, how the songwriter said it. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. All to Him I owe. Oh, all to Him I owe. Sin had left an ugly, ugly stain. But Jesus washed it whiter than snow. He paid it all, all to Him I owe. Isn't that right? Oh yeah, Jesus, Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't sing because someone might think I'm spiritual. Uh-uh, I sing because it makes Jesus happy. Come on, say amen. I, I, I don't sing because someone else... No, 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 I sing because the Bible says sing until the Lord a new song. And everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Hey! Hallelujah. My Lord, have mercy. Why do we love Jesus? Why do we serve Him boldly? Why do we praise Him enthusiastically? Haven't you heard? Don't you know? God sent forth His only begotten Son. Died in my place. Suffered my shame. Took my judgment. Gave me His salvation. Because He first loved me. I'm just trying to love Him back. It's not deep. It's not complicated. You don't need no Greek, Polish, or Italian. He loved me. Died for me. I'm just trying to love Him back. I'm just trying to love Him back. He rescued us when we were lost. He healed us when we were sick. He lifted us when we were down. I've tasted and I've seen the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. And He's worthy. And He's worthy. Yes, yes. And there was a buffeting. There was a buffeting because of her love and her devotion. But that's not unusual in a fallen world, is it? So don't let it move you. They called it a waste. But the Lord, He defended her. And when you give your life to Jesus, when you give Him your love, your service, your sacrifice, friend, that's never wasted. That's never wasted. You might lose a friend or two, but it's never wasted. It's better than losing your soul. It's never wasted. Waste is living a life without Christ. Waste is knowing the goodness of God, but not responding to it. Waste is spending a life storing up treasures and trophies that will never make it to glory. That's waste. But loving the Lord Jesus and boldly serving Him and living for Him and praising Him, that's never a waste. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Mary's worship, a study in love, it was an act of boldness. It was an act of blessing. It was an act that incurred buffeting. It was an act of bounty. Bounty. It was out of her abundance. Out of her abundance. You see, in verse 3, she broke that expensive perfume and poured it all out. Costly and poured it all out. She held nothing back. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen? And I do it all. I'm going to teach that Sunday school class. Do it with all your might. It's unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. You're, going to be, you're going to be an usher. Do it with all your might. It's unto the Lord. Amen. Whatever you do, you're going to time to sing. Sing with gusto. Unto the Lord. Isn't that right? And praise His name. Bless His name. Wholehearted in our service and devotion. <laughs> she held nothing back. I don't know if you can remember. Some of y'all, it's been a while, I know, but I guess you've had grandkids and great grandkids. Remember when it was bedtime? Remember putting them to bed? And it might have been 8 o'clock, but you were t- more tired than they were, and you just couldn't wait finally get them to sleep. My Lord, they finally got, amen, I could put them out, you know what I mean, before I fall out. And, and, and get there, time to read that bedtime story, all right? And they, they, pick, they pick a book. It looked bigger than mo- most of y'all read in high school, but anyhow. And, um, and, and it's it, it very, it very tempting to paraphrase some of them stories, if you know what I mean. Yeah, all right? So I read this. I read this. Um, some children were asked, what is love? And one little girl said, love is when your mommy reads you a bedtime story. True love is when she doesn't skip any pages. <laughs> Let's not shortchange the Lord. Amen? Let's give Him our all. Let's give Him our best. He gave His best for us. Let's do likewise. The last one after bounty is brokenness. Is brokenness. Is brokenness. When he examines the sacrifice, he looks for a pure and humble heart. A surrendered heart. The Bible says God is attracted to that. That is something He receives. Psalms 51 and verse 17. Psalm 51. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, You will not despise. So, so God says, you know, you, you, can, you can sing like Pavarotti, but if your heart is boastful or ought against your brother, amen, there's sin. God says, hey, no, 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 no. But when I hear a song, God says, I, I exam-. like the priest in the Old Testament would have to take that sacrifice that the person would offer and they'd inspect it first before they'd give it up because it had to be proper. And God inspects all of our sacrifices. And the first thing to look at, clean hands and a pure heart, the Bible says. And he looks at our heart. Is it coming from a surrendered heart? A humble heart? I've seen some people get up and down. They dance and they're running here. Then they're living like a rebel out there Monday, Tuesday through. God says that was noise. God says that was noise. I'm looking for a life. That's humbled and broken before me. The costly oil that she breaks and pours out. We should offer ourselves like this oil being poured out. That's the living sacrifice Paul was describing in Romans 12. Our worship comes from a heart that should be saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. I give my all to you. Lord, I belong to you. I'm so thankful for you. I surrender all and I give you my very best, Lord. Oh, that is the heart. 
Remember Dr. Evans, Tony Evans was writing about this subject of worship some years ago, and he chose to use an interesting example. He chose to use, and almost 40 years ago now, the return of our hostages from Iran. And he said something very interesting. When American hostages, hostages were home from Iran back in, um, back in 81, the first thing they did when they got off the plane was to kiss the ground. No matter what star or level of achievement they had earned in the armed services or state department, they hit the ground. They bowed down when they got home. Home sweet home, putting their clean lips on the dirty tarp. They kissed it. They went down because they knew where they had been. And they knew where they were now. He says, you know why folks stopped bowing? Because they forgot where they've come from. They forgot that they were hostages in Satan's territory. But now they've been set free by the precious blood of our Savior and our King. Don't lose the brokenness and the humility of heart. For it's that surrender in our worship that moves God to lift us up and embrace us. It's that drawing near of a sincere, humble heart that causes God's presence to swoop in and draw near to us. Psalm 95, come, let us, the call of the Spirit, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Hallelujah. Her act of worship brought joy to Jesus. It brought fragrance to the whole house, and it brought blessing to the world. It showered him, but then, thank God, it splashed on her. Hallelujah. (laughs) I pray. I pray that our thoughts inspire us in our worship and, quite frankly, in our entire walk with God. Mary's worship really is a study in love. And we can certainly apply it to what we call congregational singing, but it goes way beyond that. It goes to just how we live for the Lord. How we give Him our very best. May nothing hinder us from drawing closer and loving more earnestly our Savior and our God. And as we open the altar in just a bit, let's spend a couple seconds here just praising our King and loving our Lord. As we begin to worship, if you need prayer, you can come down and we'd love to pray with you if you have a need. Or if you just want to come and pray and praise the Lord, spend some time just opening up your heart and just expressing your thanksgiving, your gratitude, your your reverence, your thanks unto God. If you're here today and things aren't right between you and the Lord, man, just get it right. He's full of mercy. Today's the day of grace. It doesn't matter what you've done or how many times you've tried and failed. If you'll come to Jesus, He will receive you. If you'll come with that humbled heart and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, give me another chance. Give me a new beginning. He'll do that. He'll wipe the slate. He'll give you a fresh touch. He'll give you a new beginning. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. We're going to pray our final prayer, then we're going to worship the Lord. And after I got done praying, if you need a touch from God, if you need to have oil anointed with oil for a healing, come and let God heal you. If you just want to come and get filled afresh, come and let God fill you. If you just want to come and praise the Lord, let come and sing unto God. We pray. Father, we thank you.
for this moving example of God-honoring worship. Help us to practice and apply these various lessons to our lives. And now I pray, O God, as we take some time to praise You, O Lord, as we just take a little time to praise You, to worship You, what a wonderful name it is. Take some time just to draw near. Father, draw near to us in a special way. So we just take some time and exalt you and honor you. Lord, fill the thirsty. Strengthen the weary. Heal the hurting. Breathe on us. Spirit of the living God, breathe on us. Let the saints of God be refreshed and revived and restored that they might go forth with a new measure of grace and strength to be ambassadors of Christ, to be priests unto God, to be men and women that live as living sacrifices, unhindered and unashamed. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, if you want to pray, if you need to, uh, prayer, come, let's receive, let's get blessed, let God touch you.